Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today, or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Thank you to everyone uh, around the world who's listening to this, whether live or on the recording. We are very greatly honored by your presence, and we do not take it for granted. Please let us know how we can do better, and we will certainly try to do that. We've done that a lot in the past and have changed based on feedback and would love to hear yours. This is one of my favorite times of year of the year. Uh, tomorrow in the United States is Thanksgiving, and uh, boy, does that bring back wonderful memories for me of my mom cooking and the smell of uh, green beans and turkey and uh, cakes and pies and all that sort of thing and uh, people that you like uh, coming over that you haven't seen in a long time and we've got a house full of people coming to our house and I just love the whole idea of giving thanks and thanksgiving. Um, I think that is one of the uh, things in our society, it's almost like a little secret uh, that very few people know about, the power of being thankful and grateful. Um, I heard a a guy one time, much wiser than me, who said, um, you need to get to a place in life where you want what you have, where what you want is what you have. And and I, I would say that's a interesting little thing maybe over Thanksgiving for you to think about, okay? When you think about the phrase, I want, what comes to mind for you? I want, all right? Well, can you imagine getting to a place in your life where the natural from the gut response to that was, I want what I already have. <laughs> I want what I have. I mean, just think about that. Isn't there sort of a peace in that? I mean, even even just in thinking about it, uh, what I want is what I have. 
I have what I want. I want what I have. Chicken or the egg, who cares? But the bottom line is contentment and peace and long-term fulfillment. That's what comes from wanting what you have. That's what comes from being a person of gratitude and thankfulness. All right? And by the way, very few people are like that. Very few people are people of thankfulness and gratitude. Most of them are, I want, I want, I want. And that's how I was for most of my life, too. But anyway, today, I want to challenge you to be thankful for something that maybe you've never been thankful for before. Um, Maybe you've never even really thought about it, okay? Uh, This would be sort of another secret out there of, of something that is unbelievably powerful but most people pay almost no attention to it at all, okay? Um, there's an interesting ancient manuscript from the Bible where it's it's uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, talking about at the end of everything when uh, people will be judged by God um, to determine where they will spend eternity, Okay? And that's not why I bring this up, okay? What I bring, the reason I bring this up is because of the absolutely extraordinary nature of what this manuscript says about how you will be judged in the end, okay? Now, I know we've got people on this call of all different kinds of beliefs, and I'm not trying to offend anybody, okay? Um but this is extraordinary, and I'm not sure if I've, I've ever seen this anywhere else but in this ancient manuscript. And here's what it says. It says that people who have never heard the Word of God, which probably means they haven't done much, that maybe the Word of God might say, do this or don't do that, okay? It probably means they haven't done a whole lot of that because they didn't know about it, all right? They didn't know I'm supposed to do this and that or not do this and not do that, all right? And I'd always wondered about that growing up, you know? I was born in this place, but if I'd been born in this place, you know, 10,000 miles away, Chances are, I would have a very different belief system than I do now. I, I might I might belong to this religion or that religion or another religion or, or whatever if I had grown up in an area of the world where that's what most of the people there grow up believing and thinking and doing and all of that, all right? Have you ever thought about that sort of thing? Okay. And that always bugged me a little bit as a kid. Well, that didn't seem fair. You know, that that in the end we're going to be judged, but a lot of people don't even, uh, they, they're not even in a place where they've ever heard of that. Or even if they have heard of it, that what they think it is is not what it is. They have a misunderstanding of what it is, all right? So that's not fair to them. They didn't have the same opportunity to believe and to hear and to understand and to accept and act 
the way that I did. Or you could reverse that and say someone of some particular belief 10,000 miles away could say the same thing about me. That's not fair for Alex because he didn't grow up here where, you know, this is what everybody believes and you've heard it and all of that, all right? So anyway, that always kind of bugged me. But in this ancient manuscript written by Paul, here's what he says. If you, if you have not grown up or if you've not been in a situation for whatever reason to hear the Word of God and because you hear it, it touches you, and I believe it always touches people when it's, when it's spoken of truthfully. Um, what, what, what's the bottom line? All right? How am I going to be judged in the end? Here's what the manuscript says. People who have not heard the word of God will be judged by how they obeyed the law that is written on their heart, which is their conscience. Their conscience. So Paul, thousands of years ago, in an ancient manuscript, said, Hey, this life is about something. It's not just random. We didn't just spring up like potatoes out of the ground. We didn't just evolve from apes or nothingness or a little thing of goo in a little pond or something. There, there really is something behind this, and we're here for a reason. And in the end, how we responded to what we were here on earth for, for is going to determine where we go next. And... What this passage says is that if you've not heard the word of God, you'll be judged by how you obeyed your conscience. And it calls it the law that is written on the heart. Okay. Here's the spiritual law for today. And I would really encourage you to pray and meditate and Think about this over the holidays. I mean, most people don't have to work Friday, so it's kind of a day off. See if you can find about an hour to get away by yourself Friday. I mean, it can be any time, today, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, whatever. But try to get away for about an hour and ask yourself, am I living in harmony with my conscience? Am I obeying my conscience? Am I do I am I very familiar? Am I on a on a first name hey you basis with my conscience because I communicate with it so much? Okay? Or do I go through my day, my week, my month, my year in an I want? perspective. Is is the law that I'm living by the law of I want? Or is the law that I'm living by the law that is written on my heart miraculously to be my love compass? That's what I've called it for years. To be my north, 
as far as, okay, this situation. What is in truth and love in this situation? And and, and if you put truth and love together, I kind of call that one thing the word honor. I believe honor is a combination of the whole truth and doing something unselfishly in love that is honor. You're honoring yourself, you're honoring God, you're honoring the other people, you're honoring nature, you're honoring animals, okay? So, which are you doing? Are you living more by the law of I want or the law of love that's written on your heart? So here's the the original title for the spiritual law today. If you're violating your conscience, you're violating your hopes. If you violate your conscience, you're violating your dreams. If you violate your conscience, you're violating your goals. If you violate your conscience, you're violating your health. If you're violating your conscience, you're violating every relationship you have. If you're violating your conscience, you're violating your relationship with God. You get the idea. So how are you doing? Are you living by the law of I want or the law of love written on your heart? You're not living by both of them at the same time. Now maybe maybe you could live by one of them for a couple hours and then switch gears and live by the other one for a couple hours. That might be possible. But in general, we tend to be living one or the other the great majority. And most people, the law of I want which I certainly did for a long time. Okay, some of you this weekend are probably going to go out and take a walk and do what I've suggested and discover that you really can't find your conscience. Where'd it go? (laughs) I know it was here. I I remember 15 years ago consulting it. I remember 12 years ago going through some terrible thing, and I felt like I was really in touch with my conscience and the spiritual and God's will for my life and all of that at that point. But, wow, I can't remember the last time that I really consulted the law written on my heart, you know, and flipped through that thing. Ah, here, on page 234, what I'm supposed to do when hope tells me to take out the garbage. <laughs> I'm being a little facetious there. But it it really does apply to everything. The law of love written on your heart, your conscience, applies to everything. You cannot have a situation in your life that your conscience cannot speak to. Sometimes with the absolute definitive solution, do this Do it at this time, do it this way, do it with this person, and that will be the solution to your problem. Sometimes it won't be that. Sometimes it won't be a definitive uh, uh, thing to do. Sometimes it will be a question. Well, Alex, have you thought about how Hope feels when she kindly asks you to take out the trash and she sees that you have a really... Right an attitude about it. How do you think that makes her feel? 
all right? Something that I might not have ever even crossed my mind if I had not intentionally consulted my conscience or consulted God or consulted prayer and, and okay, I, I'm, I'm, Hope asked me to take out the garbage. I'm irritated about it. I've not got a good attitude. What do I need to know from my conscience about this situation? What do I need to know about the law of love for this situation? Okay? All right. Let's move on. Some of you can't. are not going to be able to find it. That is a seared conscience. All right? One time I got uh, burned pretty bad on one of my hands. Okay? And it hurt so bad. It was horrible. It was terrible. You know, you're used to picking things up with your hand. I mean, the thought of picking something up hurt. All right? Well, an interesting thing. After it quit hurting, it was numb. Okay? No more pain at all. But no feeling of any kind. It was numb. All right? Let me tell you. And I never would have thought this before that happened. The numb was worse. The numb was worse than the pain. Okay? Here's what happens. Your conscience, conscience, I believe, is written by God, and it is constantly software updated by God if we are seeking that, we want that, we allow that, and we participate with that, all right? And it's sort of like keeping your smartphone all up to date with the latest software updates and, you know, all the, the right apps and all that sort of thing, okay? However, if you don't keep your smartphone up to date, what happens? What happens if you let it go six months, a year, two years, three years? Well, it'll quit working. And... and when you turn it on and check, it'll say something like, you have 437 pending updates and downloads, <laughs> okay? And you're like, oh, goodness, this is going to be a big deal. This is going to take forever. Well, yeah, it, it is going to be a little bit of a deal, but only because you did not keep it updated, all right? When you consult and use and stay and continue to participate with your conscience, that voice gets louder and clearer and more detailed, just like a great friend, you know, that you've been talking to and working with and you've been loving each other for 40 years or 30 years. Those relationships get better and better and better, all right? And so does your relationship and communication with your conscience if you use it and if you keep it updated and, most importantly, if you defer to, the con to your conscience. In other words, let's say you consult your conscience. Say, you know what? Um, I don't have enough money, and I've tried getting several jobs and so, uh, some jobs I didn't get, some jobs I did get, but I didn't like them very much. I got fired from one or two. I quit one or two. But the bottom line is I don't have enough money, and I don't want to have to work really, 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 really hard in order to get it. So I'm thinking about robbing a bank, all right? 
So I decide, you know what? I heard this Alex dude on this thing about your conscience. So I'm going to I'm going to go out and walk in the woods and consult my conscience about whether I should rob the bank or work really hard to earn the money that I feel like I need to live my life. Well, in two seconds, probably, the conscience is going to let him know, do not rob the bank. Whatever you do, that is wrong. That is that, that, Don't rob the bank, all right? So, so then, and, and, it, and I probably also get some guidance on the working. Hey, have you thought about trying this? Have you thought about calling this person who might be able to help you? Whatever. But anyway, if when my conscience says... Alex, don't rob the bank. Do this and work for it. If if my response to that is, well, thanks a lot, conscience. That that's the last time I'm going to consult with you. You disagreed with me. You told me to do something I don't want. There's that word again. Want to do. See, you just proved it to yourself. You're living in I want mode, not thankfulness and gratitude mode. All right. So, if you go to the woods, say, should I rob the bank or not? Your conscience says no, and you say, thanks a lot, that's it, I'm done with you, and then you go rob the bank, and then you quit consulting with your conscience and just continue on the I want, I want, I want thoughts, feelings, actions, and behaviors, guess what? That's like burning your hand. You're basically putting a fire to your conscience and say, I don't want you around anymore. I'm going to try to get rid of you, so I'm going to burn you up. Well, it won't burn up, okay, because first of all, it's not physical, and it's miraculous, so you, you can't burn it up. But what does happen that's similar to a burn is it becomes numb and seared, which means you may have trouble finding it, all right? Well, if that's your situation, you need to pray, you need to listen, and you need to ask. You need to you need to say you're sorry. You need to pray for help and guidance. You need to ask your conscience to please make itself known to you, to start communicating with you if you're willing to yield to what your conscience says, all right? But that's what you need to do if, if you have a seared conscience. If you've, been, if you've been living by, I want, I want, I want, I want, so long that, it has, that that is the flame that has seared your conscience, Okay, and that's what does it. The I want is what does it. Because you don't go to the conscience, and the conscience's answer is, oh, you should want a new car. You should want uh, a, a great big house. You should want this. You should want this. You should want that. In other words, the conscience is never going to tell you to, to go on the I want path in your life. It's going to tell you to go to the love and truth path of your life. But, if your conscience is seared, it's hard to find it. 
your conscience is also hard to find if it has become seared because you're in conflict with yourself. Okay? Part of you believes you should rob the bank. Part of you believes you should go get an honest job. All right? Well, as long as you are open and entertaining both of those options, you're in conflict with yourself. And that can be a difficult place, too, to get guidance from your conscience until you close the door on the I want possibility thing you're thinking about. In this case, robbing the bank. Sometimes it's almost miraculous. You say, okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry I even brought that up. I give up robbing the bank. I'm not going to rob a bank. I'm going to go the honest job way. It is incredible how many times if you make that decision and maybe even say it out loud or, or better yet in a prayer, all of a sudden, whoosh, here comes all this new data and information. Your conscience responds to that. Hey, hey, Alex is getting it. Alex is wanting to do the right thing here. Let's help him. All right? And here's the cool part. Your conscience is in the unconscious mind and subconscious. Now, it's accessible through our conscious too, conscious mind too, but it lives in the spiritual heart. It lives in the unconscious and subconscious. Okay? That's where it is. All right? Well, what does that mean? Well, your unconscious mind is more than a million times more powerful than your conscious mind. I mean, if you've heard me say anything, you've probably heard me say that. What does that mean? It means that if you get right with your love compass, if you get right with your conscience, if you get serious about living in love and truth, regardless of the end results, if you are serious about giving up the I want life for the, for the life of gratitude, thankfulness, love, and truth, your conscience has access to the million power, not the one power. It has access to the million power that can do things you can't do with your willpower, with your strength, with your conscious mind. It can do things that would seem absolutely impossible and miraculous. When does it do that? It does that when you get in harmony with your conscience and you say, okay, I've tried the I want life. It didn't work. I'm going to go this way now, and I am all in. I am yielding to my conscience. I'm going to consult it constantly every day. I'm going to listen to that still, quiet, small voice. I'm going to make it part of my daily routine When your unconscious mind and your conscience realize that you mean that, that you're serious, that you're all in, that these are not just words to you, but you really are going to make a change, then the conscience 
kicks in that miraculous power of your unsubconscious mind to do probably and this is this is the the paradox very often what your conscience and unconscious mind are going to do is they're going to use that 1 million power to start making i want happen in your life that you could never make happen when you were living by i want but now they happen almost without effort because you're not doing it with the one against a million power. You're doing it with the one million power. And it happens and happens and happens and happens and happens. And the end result is health, happiness, success, thankfulness, gratitude, fulfillment, etc. So... This Thanksgiving, this weekend, ponder that. Am I living in I want or am I living by my conscience? Am I going to keep doing that? If I keep doing it, where will I end up in either of those places? And is that where I want to end up? Okay. So please take a look at that over the next few days. Pray about it. Think about it. Um, your conscience is there for a reason. Okay? It's not there by accident. It's not there just to be there. It's there to guide you. It's there to lead you. It's there to solve your problems. It's there to get you with the power of the unconscious mind to the place you can't get to, the I want place from your conscious mind. So, will you join me? Will you join thousands of others from all over the world who are living this way? by the love compass, by the conscience, by love and truth, in the now, giving up the end result. I invite you to join me and Johanna and many, many, many people all over the world who have decided, I'm not going to live by one anymore. I mean, I'll never do that completely. I'll always mess up. But as best I can, I'm going to live by my conscience. I'm going to live by gratitude. I'm going to live by thankfulness, love, and truth. Think about it. Pray about it. God bless you.